you know, it's a stretch for us to remember, for most of us to remember this. But when we were young, we all enjoyed a riddle. And even as we get older, and we supposedly become more mature, supposedly is the operative word there, as we supposedly become more mature, riddles can still be fun. It's often enjoyable, at least I, I get a kick out of it, and my son Bryant with his warped sense of humor does too. It's enjoyable to ask some stupidly ridiculous riddle just to see people's reaction. Here's one. Do you know how to top a tar? You tap on the brake, Tilly. Or here's another one. What two things can you not eat for breakfast? Lunch and dinner. Okay, one more. Why can't the T-Rex dinosaur clap? Because he's extinct. Do you remember the story of Samson from the Old Testament? In Judges chapter 14, Samson used a riddle with the Philistines. It was after Samson had killed a young lion and eaten the honey, the swarm of bees, had created in the carcass of the lion. Well, that said, I have a riddle for you. Think back to late winter and early spring. We were getting a lot of rain. Streams were full. Lakes and rivers were filling up. The dams were open to let water out. And... We were blessed. Now thinking about those times when we've had all that rain, here's a riddle. What do you get in a land where all you have is sunshine every day and no rain? You get a desert. Fact. In order to have lush, green vegetation, you've got to have rain. Storms will come. In order to have a flourishing, luxurious, green valley, you must have rain. And folks, that's true in our lives too. When you turn to God's Word... There are a lot of valleys in God's Word that are viewed as being somewhat problematic. Joshua and Hosea both talk about the valley of trouble. In the 84th Psalm, it talks about the valley of weeping. And most Bible students are familiar with the valley of Jezreel. Because it was in the valley of Jezreel that Israel conquered the host of King Jabin. It was in the valley of Jezreel that Gideon overthrew the Midianites. 
It was in the valley of Jezreel that Saul was defeated by the Philistines and driven up the slopes of Mount Gilboa. It was also in the valley of Jezreel that good King Josiah died. But this morning I want us to think about a valley that's mentioned in Psalm chapter 23 and verse 4. It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, I want you to this morning, I want you to buy an eye of faith. I want you to visualize the valley of the shadow of death. Shadows are dark. They're always dark. The shadow of the whitest bird that flies across the sky is just as dark as the shadow of the raven. So when you think about this valley of the shadow of death, I want you to picture a deep, dark valley. A deep, deep valley with very steep walls. A narrow canyon where the sun only hits the floor of the valley at high noon. The rest of the time, because that valley is so deep and those walls are so steep and it is so narrow, the rest of the time that valley is dark. Now let me share some facts with us about dark valleys. Dark valleys are going to come in life. They're unavoidable. They're going to happen. You can count on it. You might be coming out of one of those dark valleys right now. You may be right in the middle of one of those valleys right now. You may be heading into one before the sun sets this afternoon. No matter who you are, no matter what your station in life might be, dark valleys are unavoidable. Job put it this way in Job chapter 5 and verse 7. Man is born into trouble and the sparks fly upward. Dark valleys are unavoidable. Here's another fact about those dark valleys. They are unpredictable. You cannot plan them. And you cannot time them and you cannot schedule them for your convenience. In fact, they usually come at the very worst time possible. They come when you don't have time for them and they come when you're unprepared to face them. Let me see a show of hands. When was the last time you had a flat tire or a dead battery at a good time? That's what I thought. They come when you have to be somewhere and you're already running late. Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. Lamenting over the miseries of Judah. And here's what Jeremiah chapter 4 and verse 20 says. Destruction upon destruction is cried, for the whole land is spoiled. Suddenly are my tents spoiled and my curtains in a moment. He wasn't expecting that. 
He couldn't predict that dead, death, dark valleys are unavoidable. They're unpredictable. And the third thing about dark valleys is they are impartial. No one is immune and no one escapes the problems of life. Here's a news flash in case you don't know. Everybody has problems. Good people have problems and bad people have problems. Problems don't care how good you are and problems don't care how bad you are. They also don't care how rich you are or how poor you are. They don't care how broke you might be. But when a problem comes our way, when we're passing through a dark valley in life, what is our first reaction? Why me? What did I do? Why is this happening to me? Maybe a better question might be, why not you? Why do any of us think we should be exempt from problems? What makes us so special that problems should not come our way? Problems happen to everybody. To you, to me, everybody. Here's what Jesus said. It's in Matthew 5, verse 45, a part of the Sermon on the Mount. He maketh His Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. The dark valleys of life are impartial. Pretty beat down right now. Had enough bad news? You want some good news? Okay, I'm going to give you some good news now. Dark valleys are temporary. They have an end. And they do not last forever. They are not our permanent residence. Oftentimes when we're in one of those dark valleys of life, we feel like we're in a cave. And there's no way out. We're not. Dark valleys are like a tunnel. There's a light at the other end. And it's not an oncoming train. Troubles in our lives do not come to take up permanent residence. They come to pass. Here's what Peter says in 1 Peter 5 and verse 10. But the God of all grace, who has called us unto His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, listen to it, after you've suffered a while, makes you perfect, establishes, strengthens, and settles you. Now that's the King James Version. Maybe it doesn't have a a lot of meaning to us because of its 1611 archaic English. Here's Philip's translation of that same passage. And after you've borne these sufferings for a very little while, the God of all grace who's called you to share His eternal splendor through Christ will Himself make you whole. Isn't that a glorious promise? Even if we live to a ripe old age 
and have problems all of our life. Even that's insignificant compared to a, an eternity in heaven with Jesus without problems. Now I know. Sitting in the dentist chair getting a root canal. That seems like eternity sometimes. But it's only a short time. And it produces a good result. Write this down. It's on the final exam. Problems are temporary. Heaven is eternal. Dark valleys have a purpose in life. Believe it or not, God has a reason sometimes for taking us through those dark valleys. Your valley might be full of doubt or despair or discouragement or defeat. But whatever it is, God has a reason behind it. Valleys, if you go out into the countryside, valleys are not unnatural. They're a very natural part of the landscape. And in life, we'll pass through financial valleys and relationship valleys and emotional valleys. We'll pass through all kinds of valleys in our lives. But here's the good news. We'll get through them. Because you see, in the valleys of life, that's where faith is built. How much do we really know about faith? How much do we know about our own personal faith? Until that faith is tested. How much do we know about our endurance? If we never face tough times. How do you know you can trust God in the difficult times? Unless you go through those difficult times. God's purpose in life is not to make us comfortable. Regardless of what the guys and girls with the pretty hair and the pretty teeth and the sweet smiles that talk about having your best life now might say, God's purpose is not to make us comfortable. God's goal is to build our character, deepen our faith, and prepare us for eternity. We can get through the dark valleys that we face in life. We must refuse to be discouraged. Listen again to what the psalmist says in our text. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will quake with fear, I will tremble with temerity, and I will collapse under the load. Doesn't say that, does it? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why not? Because God, you're with me. And your rod and your staff, they bring comfort to me. There are two important facts to observe in this verse. God does not panic when we go through a problem. And neither do His sheep. And the picture you get from this verse is sheep that aren't frightened in the valley. 
The passage says, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It doesn't say I run. It doesn't say I quiver. It doesn't say I shake in my boots. I walk. I have sure footing. I take my time. I don't need to panic. The second fact to observe are these words. I will. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. What do those words indicate? It indicates a choice. I will not be afraid. With God's help, I'm going to overcome this. You see, I'll get out of this hole. In times of trial, often the biggest adjustment we need is an attitude adjustment. To refuse to be discouraged. You can't go around the valley. And you can't go under the valley. You can't even go over the valley. The only option is to go through the valley. But to go through the valley and refuse to shake in your boots and refuse to be ashamed, afraid because God is with us. It says, Thou art with me, Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. We rely on the presence of God. In the dark valleys of life, folks, God will not leave you alone. You see, it's in the dark valleys of life that our Christianity, that religion, becomes a relationship. It's in the dark valleys of life that we develop a relationship with God and with His Son, Jesus Christ. God says, I'm going to take you by the hand. I'm going to lead you through the dark valley. Remember the promise of Matthew 28? Jesus says, I am with you always, even till the end of the world. We rely on the protection of God. David reminds us that God has a rod and a staff to protect us. Those were the basic tools of the shepherd. The rod that the shepherd carried was basically about two feet long with a knob at one end of it. And shepherds trained to use that rod like a missile at anything endangering the sheep. The rod was used to protect the sheep. The staff was a long stick with a crook in the end of it used to draw the sheep out of a ditch or pull them closer to the side of the shepherd. Here's the thing. David presents the analogy of the shepherd and the sheep with God as the shepherd and us as the sheep. And the truth of the matter was the shepherd was in the field to protect the sheep. In that same way that that shepherd in the Palestinian hills and valleys would love and care and protect his sheep, God has promised us His protection. Now think about that shadow for a moment. We talked about how they're dark. Have you ever noticed something that 
You can stand and in the afternoon your shadow is much larger than you are, much taller than you are. Shadows are always bigger than reality. And fear of the problem you're facing is always greater than the problem itself. Here's another fact about a shadow. Shadows cannot hurt you. Have you ever been run over by a shadow? There's a big difference in a truck and a shadow. Shadows can scare you, but they can't hurt you. Here's another thing. Shadows only appear when there is a light source. We may be in a dark valley right now in our own lives. But there's light at the end of that tunnel. Because this book says that God is that light. And in Him is no darkness. I want to read that entire 23rd Psalm. You know it, but I want to read it anyway. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God is there in the dark valleys of life to protect us, His children, as a shepherd protect his, his sheep. But if we're going to enjoy God's protection, we've got to be God's children. And we've got to be living God's kind of life. Jesus Christ has to be the Lord and Master of our lives. The Lord and Master of all of our lives. I don't know the needs of your life this morning. But if there are changes you need to make to be walking in the ways of God and living God's kind of life, this is your opportunity to let God have His way with you as we stand together and while we sing.